0: When I was an Army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could with things that were rattling around inside my head and what I've learned along the way. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I take the questions of the day and try to fit them into the world of... Christianity or the world that Jesus started, the kingdom that Jesus started. I don't know if you remember the movie American Sniper. It was one of the most popular movies of its time a couple of years ago. I did not see it. I saw the opening scene uh, and the credits and I wasn't interested, maybe because of my own experiences in Iraq or I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't sit right. And I didn't really want to have a part in it. And the thing that didn't sit right for me was that the opening trailer that I saw, which had this uh, man, you know, the, America, the sniper aiming in on somebody and sort of reciting this creed, if you will. The creed is everybody is sort of born a sheep, And there's a few wolves out there, and that's why the sheep need sheepdogs to protect them. Implying that the sniper, by shooting someone, is the sheepdog protecting the sheep. You and me, the sheep out here. And this idea that all people are sheep, there's a tiny bit of percentage of wolves, people who want to kill, want to hurt each other. And then there's like these sheepdogs that are sort of born into the sheepdog class. And they are completely different than the sheep. They're the warriors. They're the ones that kill and protect police officers, soldiers, etc. This idea goes back to, as far as I can tell, I can't really trace it to anybody else, uh, a man named Dave Grossman. I heard him speak at Walter Reed once. He was immensely popular in military circles and still is today. His book On Killing is a runaway bestseller and his ideas have had huge influence. And this is from his book Um, and from the lecture I heard was that everybody's born a sheep for the most part. We, you know, humans just like rhinos don't gore each other with their horns. They, if they gore another rhino, they they fight the rhino head on, head to head. They don't ram them in the side, but they will gore another animal if they see it um, from a different species. And so humans are the same way. We we have a natural aversion to killing each other, even when we sort of have good reasons to do it. Most people, in fact, have a natural aversion to killing other people, and that, that's the sheep. And then there's the wolves who have no. Aversion to killing people. They they're always trying to kill people. They're looking for ways to do it, to take whatever they want, and to destroy others. And they do it with impunity. And the sheep are vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. The, the wolves are the serial killers, the terrorists, etc. And so there's this. He also says there's a small percentage of sheep dogs, people who have this natural instinct to guard and protect the sheep. He also says that that some sheep can, with enough training provided by Dave Grossman, can become sheepdogs. They can sort of get that warrior mentality so that they can protect others. He cites uh, several examples of how how people have desensitized uh, young people to killing in war, most notably as example of the Japanese army uh, leading up to World War II would often stage public executions of deserters or other enemies of the state in huge stadiums, with all the soldiers present, they would decapitate them with swords and whatnot. This was sort of the way to, uh, to, you know, take away their aversion to kill by sort of sitting in this theater of gore and violence. Um, it would desensitize to when they committed acts of violence, they wouldn't feel so bad about it. you turning the sheep into the sheepdogs. You'll see this sheepdog thing printed on shirts, T-shirts worn by often horrible men, white men um, who also have all sorts of other terrible ideas rattling around inside their head. And this is the dominant narrative of so many people in America, the people that are pushing for more uh, available guns, guns everywhere, everyone carrying one, open carry, permitless carry, constitutional carry, uh, you name it. And we'll maybe do another episode on, on weapons in the future and Christ, what a Christian should should consider when asking those questions about safety and weapons. But uh, these are the people. They're the sheepdogs. They see themselves as doing this service for the rest of us, the sheep. Uh, you'll see the sheep idea come into this uh, pandemic, that anybody who wears a mask is a sheep. They're just going along with what Bill Gates and the government told you about this pandemic. And you're a sheep if you go along with it and you just blindly obey. I'm a sheepdog, I'm not gonna submit, they say. Um, and in many ways in a pandemic, if you're saying, I won't wear a mask, I won't protect other people, you're, you're actually a wolf. You know? <laughs> you're you're like gonna do damage to other people. And this idea of the the sheep, sheepdog, and wolf that Grossman has made a killing off of, literally. Uh, Dave Grossman did teach at West Point for many years, psychology. He was an army ranger um, and wrote a lot about combat. Wrote a lot about combat, but never, ever experienced it during his service time, which is fine. You know, time you serve in the army and there's no wars. Uh, during your time, or you don't get sent, that's fine. There is no judgment, no problem. But it seems to me that when it comes to something like combat, there there needs to be some sort of participatory knowledge, the, the experience of knowledge there when you are making sweeping statements about the nature of war, the nature of combat, and the nature of humanity. Um, it's war. War is a lot like other experiences in life that you you often would hope someone had some experience with them if they're going to be the expert on the subject. That's my sort of take on Dave Grossman. Um, I'd love to talk with him more about this, but I'm not really here to talk about Dave Grossman. I'm here to talk about Jesus. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep in this world that is divided between sheep and sheep, dogs and wolves. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Sheep don't really need sheepdogs as much as they need a good shepherd. And this is where we who follow Jesus need to be today with this good shepherd. Um, most of the sheepdogs are just wolves. And they will eventually treat the sheep like wolves. Because um, really, there's a massive difference between a sheep and a sheepdog. They are different species. Humans don't turn into different species. Uh, that distinction of humans into sheep and sheepdogs is ridiculous. What in fact we do know is that people will prey on other people. Do They will act as wolves. And Jesus compares the evil and false teachers of this world as wolves. And I would lump Anyone who's made this distinction in humanity between sheep and sheepdogs and wolves as a false teacher, teaching something that is not true, that they get an advantage from, since they then can advance their agenda to make a a security state, a state where everything is locked, a state where everybody carries a gun, a state where everybody treats each other as a threat. This is not the kingdom of God that Jesus imagined. Jesus says, the, the, the hired hand, you know, who's not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and he runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He says it twice. I know my own and my own know me. He compares the way he knows his flock to the way the father knows the Son, in the, in the inter-Trinitarian love that existed before the dawn of time. In this kind of love, this is the relationship between Jesus and us. We are sheep. There are no sheepdogs in the Christian church. We are all sheep. We are all part of this shepherding, the good shepherds community. And he says he lays down his life. What he did on the cross was the act of the good shepherd to care for the sheep by giving his own life for us. This is love. He says it's not a suicide. It's not just an execution, a bad thing that happened on the way to the resurrection. He says, I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. So he is very clear that Jesus' death was not an accident. It was not even a suicide. It was certainly... Enacting, through the power of God the drama of salvation that the prophets had predicted. The Derek Chauvin trial concluded last week. He, a police officer at the time who choked the life out of George Floyd on the streets with his knee in his neck while George Floyd gasped for breath, called for his mother, begged him to stop, begged him over and over, and others screamed at this police officer and said, you're killing him. You're killing him. And he didn't listen for nine minutes. He snuffed the life out of him and he was charged with murder last week. And right away, Nancy Pelosi in a statement, which, you know, probably came from a good place um, in the context of her and her colleagues Who were part of a a black caucus in in Congress, who may have, I don't know where this idea came from, but she referred to George Floyd and thanked him for his sacrifice for all of us and for racial justice. And this hit people really oddly and disturbingly. Um, It hit me that way. George Floyd was not a sacrifice. He did not see himself as a sacrificial victim. Um, He did not see himself as Someone who walked in to this crucible or someone that stepped boldly into Jerusalem to take up his cross. He was just out on the street when it happened. This is the difference when we make black people sacrificial victims. um, We make them expendable. I think this is where that sort of disturbing notion of George Floyd's death as a sacrifice There's certainly overlaps between martyrdom, wrongful death, sacrificial death. Um, There's always overlap in any kind of dramatic death, a death with a larger meaning. But those kinds of statements are really antithetical to the gospel because if we say that sort of everybody did what Jesus did, um, Jesus' death is no longer a salvific or something that saves people. It's simply an example of someone who got killed by the government. Um, and that is certainly not all that his death is. Jesus' death was a, a miscarriage of justice. It was an unjust killing by the state. It was a lot of things. But primarily, it was something that he himself said I'm going to do this. I'm going to enact the drama of salvation. I'm going to confront the corrupt authorities and powers. I am going to really confront Satan himself on the cross. And I'm going to win eternal redemption for all my followers and all who turn to me. And this is very different from what um, all the, the black people who have been killed by police have done, who were just going about their business, going about their day, when they had this encounter that resulted in their death. Two very different things. I think it's important for Christians to be very wary of how we talk about black people who die uh, by at the hands of police in this country, um, because uh, our words matter. How we talk about things matters. Um, the kinds of ways we see, and I'm talking as a white person, how we see black people as white people is, is something that uh, needs to be examined. We need to do self-examination on that. We need to consider ways in which we are just keeping racism going by our own attitudes and perspectives. And so I'm trying to do that today, thinking about that trial, thinking about Jesus, who is the shepherd of all. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. And that means he loves us with an everlasting love. If you feel unloved today, if you feel rejected, if you feel that. Perhaps God is far away or people that you care about are far away. And you say, am I alone in this world? Is this all there is? You can know that the good shepherd hears you and the good shepherd sees you. The good shepherd is on his way to keep the wolf away, but also to gather you in his arms. One of the first images of Jesus in art is of a shepherd carrying a sheep on his shoulders. It's a beautiful image. He has found the sheep wandering far away. He's put it on his shoulders, rescued it, carried it back to the flock. This is what Jesus is doing each and every day. It's what Jesus did for me. It's what Jesus is doing for you. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, whose son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen.